Welcome to Cheers to the Challenge on the Scripted or Reality podcast feed. I'm your host, Lauren, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan. We are so excited to discuss The Challenge, one of our favorite shows with you. Not only will you hear our thoughts on the episode, but you'll get to hear our unfiltered drunk thoughts in honor of Cheers to the Challenge. If you like what you're hearing, consider subscribing for more episodes just like this. everyone it's your host Lauren here we are super excited that you joined us today for our episode of cheers to the challenge on our scripted or reality feed today we're going to be talking about season 38 of the challenge ride or dies and this was a really good first episode I really liked it it's been about a year since we've seen the challenge it feels like the MTV version at least and I'm really excited that it is back on our television I have a confession you always are saying, oh, Survivor's our favorite, Survivor's our favorite. I think Survivor's your favorite. I think the challenge is my favorite. <laughs> and so you you always are saying one of our favorites on the challenge is the challenge. And for me, it's actually my favorite, I think. All right. Well, I guess I'll keep that in the, <laughs> I'll keep that in the back of my mind next time, I guess. But as promised, we're actually going to be drinking to the show. And my drink of choice tonight is a glass of wine. I'm having some rosé tonight. What are you having, Ryan? I'll be doing shots of liqueur tonight. Cheers to a good episode. Yeah. Lauren and I thought we would spice this podcast up a little bit. While we are drinking, we want to kind of say some of our drunk stories throughout the years and some of the fun memories we have while being drunk. And how can you not with this show? Um yeah, this is what they do. They they do competitions, and they have fun, and then party, and they drink. Yeah, especially the really old seasons. The newer ones, it's dialed down a lot, and I know they're giving tickets and vouchers, and you know people haggle and stuff for their drink tickets and whatnot, but I love drinking to the challenge. It's something that we've done our whole, almost our whole relationship, I think. I think that's one of the reasons why we like to watch the challenges. It's something for us to do, and we just get to kind of drink and chill. Yeah, for sure. But I want to share a story of some of my favorite drinking moments. And the first one I want to share is a time when in college I had this roommate and we went to a small college in a small town and there wasn't much to do other than to drink. And so it would be a Tuesday afternoon and we would look at each other. Well, we don't got anything going on. Let's load up a game of FIFA and we would play shots to FIFA. Every goal you gave up, we paused the game, took a shot and... It got you really drunk really quick. I don't know if anyone's ever played the FIFA on an Xbox or a PlayStation, but you can give up three, four goals in a matter of like about 15 minutes. And so it's a quick way to get buzzed really quick and off a fun way to kind of compete with a friend. Well, why don't you tell them who ended up doing the most shots? Oh, it was me. My friend was way better at the game. <laughs> He's still, I, I still text him and whenever he comes to town, I say, we got to play, we got to play. Like... I've gotten better, and it, it, it doesn't seem to ever happen. He's still, I still at the end of the night seem to be drinking four or five shots, and he seems to only be drinking like one, and then maybe a second out of pity. <laughs> That's funny. So, Ryan and I, it was probably like, what, 2017? Yeah. It was New Year's Eve of 2017 going on 2018, and... We were going to house party 
in Ryan's hometown. So we were not in our college area. I think I was probably like 19. Yeah, I think 19, I was 20, yeah. I think I was 19 and you were like 20, 21. 20, 21 somewhere yeah. So we're in Ryan's hometown doing a New Year's thing at a friend's girlfriend's house. I was 21. You were 21? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm thinking about it. I was 21. Yeah, you're a little bit older than me. But so we were doing this thing at a friend's girlfriend's house and she was having this big party. I decided I was going to be really smart tonight. I wasn't going to get too fucked up. And so I legit carried a Sharpie type marker in my pocket and I was going to keep tally marks on my wrist of how many drinks I had had that night because I wanted to get drunk, but not like too drunk. And, you know, I didn't want to be an issue. And this was like a strategy that I had developed over, you know, going to some college parties. And I was like, okay, cool. If, you know, if I keep it around, you know, four or five shots, you know, I'll be fine. And the thing that I did not take into account this night was if you take one shot of every single type of alcohol, you're going to get a lot more drunk than (laughs) probably you anticipated. I was like, nah, I'm good. People would be like, you want a shot? And I'd be like, hmm, okay, yeah, I'm at three. Yep, I'm good, you know, and I'd take another tally mark. People kept on asking, you know, for shots, and I'd be like, okay, cool, you know, one more tally mark. And so I'm like, oh, all my friends are like, you good? You good? I'm like, yeah, see, like my my wrist says, you know, I've had five drinks, you know, I'm chilling. And then um, legit midnight hits. I'm like, I barely remember. Three, two, one, midnight. And then after that, it was like completely a blur. I don't remember. I was like, I don't feel good. And basically, long story short, I was pretty much sick the rest of the night. But that's kind of the story of me thinking that I outsmarted the the drunk game by keeping the tally marks and I kept up with them all night long, but I'm pretty sure I had like seven different types of alcohols. Yeah. Lesson learned. Uh, Never made mi- that mistake don't again. Don't mix liquor like that. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so that's just a little bit about us. You know, I thought it'd be fun to share some stories about ourselves, but yeah, let's jump into this episode now. So jumping into the beginning of the episode, man, did it feel like the old school challenge. You want to know why? Why? The music. (laughs) The music was so old school. Like the entire episode, the music. I enjoyed the music this episode. Yeah. Didn't you think that all of the music was very indicative of old school challenge? Yeah, it felt pretty old school. And so that was like the first thing I noticed. I was really impressed with the music choices throughout the whole entire episode. So overarching... Music was great. We see the challengers on a boat. It's like a yacht. Yeah. And they're just drinking champagne, having a good time, doing challenge things, which we love that. That's what I want to be. I want to be on a yacht drinking champagne and (laughs) on my way to some big mansion. And we see Turbo and Laurel get into some scuffle about something. What was that all about? I don't know. Turbo... His switch gets turned so fast, and he gets so upset with people so quick. Yeah, he has a short fuse. And it shows in this little argument, in this little tussle about, like, 
they're arguing from like one of them's at the top of the yacht and the other one's at the you know the front of the boat and they're like yelling back and forth and he's like i'm gonna see you all one by one by one in elimination (laughs) he's like i don't care i'm gonna beat all of you what do you think someone like nelly t coming into this season he shows up on a boat and is looking around and goes damn this might be my season i see no bananas no ct uh no kyle no wes no wes like what do you think's going through some of these like old school players heads like I think they think it's their year. They probably do. Like like Devin and Tori looking around going, where the hell's the competition? Because they brought in a lot of rookies, it feels like. They did. And that's something that Johnny Bananas and like Nani talked about in the intro episode is that they said the vets are outnumbered by rookies right now. And if the rookies were to smart up and team up against them, that they might be able to kind of take them down. That's always the case, it feels like. There's always going to be rookies who outnumber the vets. Yeah, but they don't ever, like, band together. They've never banded together. And so maybe that's going to happen this season. I think it's because it's harder to win for the rookies. Like, they don't know what to expect. They don't know what to train for. And so I think it's harder for them to get power and to win. Yeah. And the ones who do get power and can win are usually the ones who stick around and actually have a lot of say, it feels like. Going back to that fight, though. It's, the one between Laurel and... Yeah, the one between yeah. Laurel and Turbo. Mm-hmm. It, it's so funny. We haven't seen Turbo since World of the Worlds 2. I believe that's season 34. Yeah, he got ejected. Where, yeah, he's like self-evicts himself because <laughs> he's a little too physical. Well, and, no, it was because he was threatening the, the production. Right. Yeah, it wasn't just the cast members. No, no, no. It was like staff and production and yeah. stuff. And it's so funny. Within the first minute and a half we get turbo just with the short fuse again it's like oh perfect <laughs> hey, here we go again his partner seems that she's gonna keep him under wraps so hopefully she's able to keep him a little more calm but i don't know we'll see next we see them arriving at, at the mansion do you think this is the same mansion that we saw last time it i think looks it's pretty I similar think it's different but i think they might be in the same country possibly yeah, I don't know. Or the lens they're using or something. It just it looks very, very similar to what we've seen, but I don't think it's the exact same house. I know, but that house is so gorgeous. I love it. Yeah, I really do think they should treat these people well. That one season in Total Madness where they put them in a bunker, that was pretty miserable, I think. And these people yeah, have to stay there for about eight sunlight. weeks. Yeah, about eight weeks they have to stay there. So I'm all for them getting this nice house. It, I think makes their mood spirits better and i think there's more chaos i think when the total madness season when they were in the bunker i felt like everyone was depressed and there was no there was no drama yeah i think so too well johnny bananas even talked about how he was just really everyone was just really depressed when they had no sunlight they all were just kind of locked underground and yeah it just i like the mansion i did too it's um this is a great time in the episode where they all mingle. They all get to know each other a little bit. You see the bonds. You see the little bit of You see who's going to be rooming together. We, we get Jay at one point saying, I'm not very close with, you know, a lot of people, but I am close with, you know, such and such and this rookie named Johnny. And we'll end up seeing why later that mm-hmm. matters. But we see seeds starting to get planted in this season of who's working with who. And it is so hard in the challenge. What people got to understand with the challenge Nellie T says the season starts when you all get to the airport. 
That's a lie. That is a straight up lie. They do not start when they get to the airplane. This starts. Maybe he does, and that's why he's not successful. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that's why. <laughs> but the alliances start weeks, months, years in advance. These people all are on Twitter and are in social groups and going to vacations. We've seen it in the past where Tori, Devin, Josh all went to this vacation before the season and they talk about their strategy, what they're going to do. Yeah. And so what people got to realize is the game's always being played for these people, which... Oh, yeah. Do you remember that season when Wes was just like, this year, <laughs> I recruited all the yes, rookies. Yes. I messaged them all on Twitter yes. beforehand. And, like, they created this graphic of, of a spider web of a bunch of different rookies that Wes was working with and all this kind of stuff. But, yeah, it's it's very true what you're saying. Maybe Maybe Nelson doesn't work with people till the airport <laughs> but that might be his downfall so I, i'm not sure i think the biggest shocker of this whole scene though is the toast that is something that i look forward to every single episode <laughs> one who's gonna say the toast mm-hmm. and it's usually it's normally johnny it's usually always johnny bananas yeah and it was nelly t this time and i don't know how i feel about that i love nelly t but i'm not sure if he should have been the one to do that toast I think Laurel. He had a lot of energy. He did. Well, it's not like they were saying. It's not like production said, "Okay, this person gets to do the toast." No, no. It was was whoever like presented themselves to it. And Nelson was just like, "Hey, I'm doing a toast," and everyone's like, "Yeah!" And then um, I remember watching it. I was like, "Damn, he has a lot of energy. He's ready. He's excited." He takes this show very serious, which he should. For these people, it is a full time job to be in shape. To be making alliances, you really should. To be should, ready for the show, yes, yeah. to be ready for the show whenever they call you. But I just thought it's funny. There should be some sort of criteria. Maybe you have to win one season. Maybe. No, maybe. there's no no criteria. I don't know. It's, it's just... not anyone else's fault that Nelson was just like, it's me today. It's me. <laughs> I liked it. You're just a hater. So one of the scenes that kind of jumped out to me this time around was... Kayla and her husband, Sam, their partners, they literally just got married like a couple months before they came on the show. And Sam was kind of running around the house, being really loud, being really obnoxious. (laughs) And Kayla, she's just like, no, no, no. I don't need that energy right now. I don't want anyone to hate us. I need you to keep it chill. Like tone it down a little bit. Keep it chill. And he's just like, no, that's not fun. That's not fun. (laughs) And she's just like, please, I will offer you any sexual favors that you could possibly want. Just please tone it down. For like two weeks, that's what she said. And he's like, even things we don't do at home. And she's like, yes, please. And he's like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was so funny. That dynamic between those two is, is fun to watch a married couple. I believe they are the first married couple ever on the show. Yeah, the I same, think so. At the same time. Like playing the, yeah, at the same time together. So I enjoy that dynamic. And I think Sam was quite entertaining this episode. I thought he was quite funny. Yes, he is funny. I think Kayla chose a good husband. When they show up to Comp 1, we get some earth-shattering news. Casey and her brother... Kenny. Kenny are not able to compete anymore. And 
the way TJ describes it makes it seem like it's COVID related. Yeah. And so unfortunately, Casey and Kenny are not going to be on this season. Here's what I don't understand about that, though. TJ was like, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to bring some new people in. And this is what I don't understand. He brought in two new couples. So four people total. So Casey and Kenny left and he brought in four people. Yeah, we see Nam and his partner. I believe her name is Emmy. Yes. And they show up. And it's funny because we talked about Nam in our introduction podcast. But when you watch the MTV introduction with Johnny and everyone, they never mentioned Nam. I was like, did we miss it? Like, what was up with that? Yeah. So we see Nam, which I am excited for. Yeah, I like Nam. The other couple we get is Horacio and Olivia. Yeah. And so that's why I'm like, four people showed up. Casey and Kenny are gone. And the only amount of people that could replace them is four people. I almost wonder if Horacio and Olivia were in some sort of quarantine period. And yeah, maybe. That's the only thing I can think of that makes sense why one team left, but yet they brought back two. I'm not sure, but it's a bummer that we will not see reigning champ Casey compete this season. Yeah, I really wanted to see that, but oh well, what do you do? They have to follow the safety protocols. This comp looked like it was going to be really fun and really exciting. And how it lays out is there's a pit of mud with bolo ties in the middle. I always love the mud competition. I know. I was fun. Yeah. And what they had to do is they had to run to their run through the mud, run over to their post, and there was questions that they had to answer together about themselves. They were super basic, like how many letters are in both your names times each other? Or what is your combined age? And so they weren't difficult questions about one another they were just worded kind of weird because i remember one of the questions was like you know answer with your cumulative age and they said that to like the german couple and they're like that makes no sense like in german i would have just said add your ages together but i think they were trying to be a little more tricky with it the reason why the comp was somewhat of a letdown for me was when they got into the mud pit there wasn't like a whole lot of fighting or like there wasn't a whole lot of physical contact it was like oh this isn't my number toss to the side oh this wasn't my number toss it to the side and so it's just a dirty comp it felt like yeah we ultimately end up seeing a rookie rookie pairing win johnny and raven it's always exciting when a rookie rookie team wins the first comp because it's like this is going to be fun what will they do yeah i was really excited to see what they were going to do especially because they were kind of not seeming like they were going to go the way that all the rookies had gone in the past. It's kind of the way they were talking. Okay, do you believe the stat, they talked about it with Nelly T, that he hasn't won 51 consecutive daily elimination or daily challenges? I don't think they would have left it in if it was wrong. Devin says it. I know, I think they would have at least laughed about it. Is there really, like, is that the true number? Probably is. Because I really can't remember of a time where Nelly T's won, and he's been on this show since 28 or 29 when him and Amanda first showed up. Yeah, it's been a good minute. But he says that it bodes him well, but, I mean, if it really <laughs> boded you well, <laughs> you would have won. I know, I love it. He's like, hey, it works out for me. I'm not the one getting my hands dirty. I work a good social game. and But you it, could only argue that if you've actually won. I agree. Yeah. That, it's one of the reasons why I love Nelly T, though. Yeah, but he keeps coming back, and I really hope that he can pull out a win here soon. 
I believe there are people who are just cursed to never win this show. You're so and negative. he might be one of them. You're so negative. I'm putting out good vibes for Nelly. Amen. Raven and Johnny were tasked with choosing four separate couples to be at risk to be in elimination. Yeah, TJ tells us at the end of the comp that you need to nominate four people and one of them will go in and who they go against, that is to be determined. Yeah, so we don't know if it's going to be someone else. We don't know if it's going to be within that group of four. We don't know. Not totally sure at this point. But that's kind of how they're basing their decisions. So Raven and Johnny, they talk about how they're like, we don't want to be like those rookies that just play the vets game and do whatever the vets want, you know, because ultimately that's only going to bite us in the ass, basically. And so they decide that they're going to target vets this time. This is genius. This is how you make payroll. So honestly, they they need to make a big move. What they end up doing is they throw in four couples and I'll, I'll list them for you right now. So we had Laurel and Jack. Laurel's a beast. That yeah. was not like, <laughs> like that was a big name. I know she's not the most friendly person in the house, but shit, like she. I wouldn't want to be on her bad yeah. side. No way. She has a hit list that's she definitely does. been written down. She probably does have a legit hit list this season. She's shown it in previous seasons where she's like, "Okay, well you're fourth on my list, so now that you did this, it's gonna bring you up to second. So think think about that before yeah. you before you execute." <laughs> I love her. That's the kind of stuff Laurel does. That's why I love her. The next couple was Devin and Tori, and so that's like a vet-vet pairing. They're pretty badass, so that's a pretty intense decision that they made. Next one was Kim and Colleen. So this is the only pairing that didn't have a vet in it because they were like, we don't want vets to immediately like come for us. We want them to think that we're not totally going against them. So this was like their scapegoat, basically. Do you think the vets even bought that stuff? No, 100% right? not. <laughs> like, come on. But at like, least they can say, on. you know, I didn't choose all vets, you know. And then the last couple that they did was the one and only Kayla and Sam. Those were the four. They ended up having conversations with all four. Kayla and Sam's was my favorite. Kayla was doing her typical politicking where she's just like, oh, I'll make sure to keep you safe. You know, you, you got your back. Her husband, Sam, goes, so if they keep us safe, are we really going to keep, you know, watch their backs? And she's like, absolutely not. No. Yeah, she's played the game. I, <laughs> I enjoyed the conversation with Tori and Devin. And Tori's like, I don't know about my partner, but she's like, I promise safety. I promise safety. And Devin's like, yeah, I guess I can do that. Like, <laughs> like so nonchalantly, like, yeah, like, you know. I'm, He's I'm, like the godfather. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> he totally no. is. Totally. He's like petting his cat and he's like, mm, I guess I can make that happen for you. The pairing <laughs> of Colleen and Kim, though, is an interesting one because you sit there and say, hey, we're rookie rookies. Let's all work together. Us four. And then immediately Laurel and Jack come in and say, whatever they just told you is a lie. And here's how we know. She keeps saying that she's on Love Island, Germany. Well, guess what? She was actually on the mole Germany. Yeah. And she's a professional and they're liar. Like, they're like, how do you know that? And then um, Jack's like, it's public record. I, 
I do my research. I saw, you know, before I came in, I, I learned about everyone. Does production just give a cast list of here's all your competitors? Like They have Because how do they know? I wonder, like, I'm sure word spreads in amongst that community like fire. Yeah. But like, come on. Like, I wonder two if people they from do Germany? Know. What if it's in their contract? Maybe, maybe. Like maybe their NDA says you can't talk about anything unless it's, you know, this group of people or whatever. Who knows? That's some behind the scenes stuff that I would love to eventually find out. Right. That was kind of the pitch, though, that these four teams ended up making. And I got to say, it is absolutely brutal that this rookie rookie pair has to nominate four teams. Oh, right. I don't know if winning's a really winning if you have to nominate four. Yeah, and maybe that's where Nelly's strategy, you know, really comes into <laughs> really comes into play, maybe, you know? Maybe. maybe he's the one that's thinking, you know? Honestly, he's got the strategy to never win, and you don't have to come up with these kinds of issues. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of Nelson, he always is trying to hook up with a rookie. Dude, he every every season with this guy. I was just waiting for it to happen. Who was it that he was trying to, like, finagle this episode? Who was it? She's blonde. Olivia. Olivia. The, the one who came Oh, in. yeah, yeah, yeah. At the, at the bar scene, next, after the deliberation and all the talking, we see them go to the bar, and we see Nelson trying to hit on Olivia, who just came into the house that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of the bar segment, Laurel and Jack were doing, like, a little bit more pushing this time around. They were trying to throw out to Raven and Johnny their, like, feel-good story of how they know each other, how they helped each other, saying that Jack is like a brother to her and her mom even thinks that Jack is like a son to her and all this kind of stuff. It's a very classic Laurel strategy of don't say my name because we will win and we will come back. And that is exactly how you have to play these shows. You see it in the CBS challenge where Tyson was walking around with a big chest saying, you put me in, I'm coming back and I'm coming for you. I will lose my million dollars to come for you. Right. And so Laurel's been around. She knows what to do. Jack's no dummy either. He even he even almost insinuates that these two are dumb. And he even has to backpedal a little bit. It's like, no, no, no. Like, I didn't mean it like that. They do the best approach that you can do in this house of you throw us in and we'll come back. Yeah, it was pretty good. They did a good job, I think, kind of intimidating Raven and Johnny. Anyway, let's jump into the elimination so we can see what tricks TJ has up his sleeve for us. This season of the challenge, we see TJ introduce everyone to the zone. That's where all the eliminations are taking place. I always love the names that they come up with. The killing floor, gauntlet, whatever they want to call it, inferno, (laughs) whatever they want to call the floor. But this season it's called the zone. Johnny and Raven have to nominate one of the four teams and they say they want to make a big move and they throw in kayla and sam wow i don't know if it was that big of a move it was like a medium move it was the second safest move that they could have done the safest move would have been the rookie rookie pairing of colleen and kim Mm -hmm. next safest is kayla and sam because there's a rookie already attached to kayla well, the safest thing they could have done is thrown in all rookies, and then they wouldn't have been in trouble with the vets. Right, but out of the four. <laughs> yeah. Like, if they were really trying to take a swing, Devin and Tori should have went in there, but... For sure. They ultimately don't. The three remaining teams end up going to the draw. Mm-hmm. And it is so reminiscent 
of Dirty 30 and... Where they had to do the double cross. Yes. Yeah. And Vendettas, too. Didn't Vendettas have something like that? I don't know. I don't remember totally if it was Vendettas, too. But I know for a fact it was Dirty 30. We see them have to go up to a, a dagger and pull this dagger out of a rock. And we don't know exactly what we're looking at, but we know that's what's has to happen right it's kind of like that classic where you have to try and pull the the sword out of the stone and first we see tori and devon pull their dagger out and it was blank they pulled it out the dagger was blank next we had laurel and jack pull their dagger or pull a dagger they they could choose whatever dagger they wanted and their dagger was also blank so inevitably colleen and kim kind of think they got the shit end of the stick I was convinced the rig was in on the show, that the production rigged it to where the rookie-rookie pairing was going in. Because we see TJ point and say, Dev and Tori pick one, and they pick one They pick one that's blank. We see Laurel Jack pick, and then he says, Laurel Jack, you go next. Right. And they pull one, and I was like, this is perfect. Production rigged this. They told Tori and Devin which one to take. They told Laurel and Jack which one to take, leaving the rookie-rookie pairing screwed. Yeah. But funny enough, that was not the case. No, I was wrong. Colleen and Kim ended up pulling their dagger, and their sword literally said safe. Yeah, so... And then everyone was like, what the hell? What does this mean? Because you kind of had to assume that maybe their sword was going to say something like, you know, elimination. Right, something. You know, you're dead. I don't know. Something. Something like that. TJ ends up revealing to us what the twist is, I guess you could say. So the twist was that Colleen and Kim, or whoever pulls the dagger that says safe, gets to choose one other pairing that gets to be safe along with them. Yeah, out of the two remaining pairs that are in the zone, the person who pulls the safe dagger gets to save one of the other one, ultimately leaving the other remaining team up for elimination and have to go against Kayla and Sam in this instance. Yeah, and Colleen and Kim ended up voting for Laurel and Jack to stay safe this this round. It made it seem like the only thing that they were going off of was, well, Jack is a rookie, and so that's the only tie we have versus the other two are that vet. And that's kind of even what they talk about when Colleen and Kim are talking with one another. Like, I, I don't know. I haven't talked to either of these teams yet. Right. And so we ultimately see Devin and Tori going into this elimination yeah. I must say, this twist is kind of long, but it's very interesting. It leads for a lot of interesting dynamics. Yeah, and it's different. It's not anything we've ever seen before, so. No, I, I do give production a lot of props for that, of always making it different. I was thinking, oh, perfect, dirty 30 Yes, <laughs> you know, again, where they have to pull up across. I know. We should have known better that they weren't going to reuse the same stuff. They never do. But regardless, let's jump into the elimination next. The competition looks like a big maze that's on this big-ass table. The contestants have to stand on, like, surfboards, basically, to control the maze of where the ball's going to go. So basically, one challenger is standing on one that'll go up and down, and the other one in the pairing is standing on one that'll go side to side. And they have to work together to get five balls into a hole in the maze. And once they've dropped all five balls, they win. This is kind of like... A challenge we'd probably see on Survivor. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, one we have not seen in the challenge. And I enjoyed seeing something new on the show. 
So basically, the biggest key to this is communicating because you're going to have to say, you know, Tori, go left, you know, Devin, go up, Devin, go down, you know, or Kayla, go left, you know, Sam, go up, go down, you know, vice versa. And so it's a big communication. So everyone kind of thought that Kayla and Sam were going to have this in the bag because they're married and you'd have to assume they'd have to have good conversation. But Kayla kind of drops that they're not very good under pressure with communicating. <laughs> yeah. Like they're like, if they're flustered, they're, that goes out the window. That's the first thing to go. And it showed. It did show. They were struggling. You know what's funny though is Kayla made a comment that Devin, his coffee table is literally a maze <laughs> just like that where you have to like control the ball and have it, you know, go through the maze and stuff. He would. <laughs> Right. He would. The puzzle the puzzle king himself, you know. Yes. Of course his coffee table. Self-proclaimed. Yeah. Self no, not self-proclaimed <laughs> for me. He's good at puzzles. But, He's five and two in eliminations. He also made us know that his record. Yeah, and so I mean Tori and Devin really killed it this time around. They ended up dropping all five of their balls. Meanwhile, Kayla and Sam had only dropped one in the same amount of time. So they ended up winning this elimination round and it appeared to go by relatively quick it looked like it was a fast one that that Devin and Tori got done with this in minutes but that was not all that happened tonight the best part of the episode is at the last 30 seconds yeah you know funny enough I know in our last podcast we talked about some additional people that we did not see this time around and obviously if you watched the introduction episode you would know that there's three pairings that are going to be coming in like a little bit later. We actually see TJ introduce two infamous rider dies, basically. And like these guys are, you know, old school rider dies. They've been riding and dying for a long ass time. And in walks Johnny and Nani. It was a great walk in. It was very reminiscent of almost a sports walk in. Yeah. Uh, of like, here like the come, Olympic ceremony. Yeah. Like here yeah. comes this amazing two athletes and the look on these people's faces. It makes me go, they had to have known because, like, literally, Casey and Nani are in a relationship and they were going to both be on this season. So I, I have a disbelief that they had no idea. It was so good seeing Johnny Bananas back on the television. It was way good. I'm really excited to see how he stirs the pot. It's what he's really good at. And we haven't seen Johnny in a long time. We haven't seen him since Total Madness in the bunker where he won last. Mm -hmm. And we haven't seen Johnny and Devin on a season since their big blow-up argument, too, in like 31 or 32. Yeah. So it's been a few years since we've seen johnny and devin and so i'll be curious to see that dynamic into the season one of the things that we totally glossed over devin pulls this dagger and makes a comment like hey turbo these stay here on the in the zone oh yeah yeah and, they don't come back up there with you we see turbo short fuse just light he's up like again. oh yeah what do you want to say down there huh it wasn't a funny joke or devin's <laughs> like it was just a joke he's like oh well i didn't think it was funny so I'm excited to see Johnny and Turbo's dynamic together. All right. I'm excited to see Nani and Turbo's dynamic together because last we saw they were, Turbo really liked Nani a lot. Yeah. So by introducing Johnny and Nani, we have some really good storylines that are going to be untold throughout this season. When does Jordan walk in and Tori sees him for the first time? 
Ugh. Is that are they the last pairing to come in? Probably. Probably. Dur- Durrell and Veronica are next. Probably, honestly. Yeah, I would probably agree. With I you. wonder if they're bringing them in by order of how many seasons they've won. So I know Nani hasn't won any, but Johnny's won like six, right? Uh, Tom Brady's won seven rings, and so Johnny's won six, I believe. Yeah, and then Darrell's won five, right? Yes, it's been a few years. And Veronica's won three, so... Maybe, I don't know. But I wonder if they're bringing them in like that. But I think that Jordan is probably going to be in last. Probably. Probably the big suspense. Before we go, i got to get your thoughts on what are your expectations for this season i think it'll be really good i'm excited to see a lot of drama between people there's a lot of people that yeah they're ride or dies but then there's a lot of enemies also on this show together so it should be some pretty good drama what do you think i love the storylines it's so hard to keep up with them all people have beef that dates back to mid-2000s it feels like And so I am so excited to see all these storylines unfold. It's one of the reasons why season 38 of the Challenge MTV is going to be so fun. Versus there was nothing wrong with CBS Challenge season one that just ended up airing. But there wasn't that backstory with with a lot of those players. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to see all the backstabbing and all the friendships that get made and lost. And the hookups that happen and all that. I, I love the Challenge. But I want to know what you all's expectation for this season is. Let us know. Email us. Talk to us on social media. I want to hear from you all of what you want to see in this season. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Season 38, Episode 1 of The Challenge, Rider Dies. We were super excited to have you join us. Please follow us on all of our social media accounts. You can find us on Twitter at script or reality, and you can find us on Instagram at scripted reality pod. We would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining today's episode of cheers to the challenge. We hope to see you next time. Bye. Bye.